Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Katie. And today's episode is really top-notch. I have a bunch of guests on the show. The first part of the show, I have two guests who are also podcast hosts, and they hosted me on their show a couple months ago, and I am a huge fan of their podcast, OMFG. You'll hear me talk about, that's the name of their show, and it's the expression I would use to describe it because it is so great. You will love it if you haven't already been listening. If you've already been listening, then you're really psyched to have Deanna and Emily on the show today talking about how they came together, how they decided to start the show, and just a bunch of other really cool topics that we end up covering. They're really top-notch people that I just want to hang out with all the time. So that's the first part of the show. The second part of the show, I have a mini interview talking about stress and how taxing it is on the body and it's just like the worst thing for us. Stress is worse for us than anything you could eat, anything you could do. It's just the worst. So we get into that in the second part of this interview with Kiersey Bassine. So get excited for everything to come. Before we get into that, couple of announcements as usual. First of all, my book is out. Can you believe it? I cannot even really believe it. It's been this elusive thing that was coming up for so long that now that it's here and out and on shelves and in bookstores and in your hands and on your bookshelves, it feels very surreal. And I love seeing your shelfies, the pictures of the book on your shelves. It is so fun to see. Keep Snapchatting them at me. Keep sending them to me. I keep reposting them on Facebook or on Instagram, Facebook too, because they're awesome. So Thank you so much for buying the book, supporting me, supporting the podcast, checking it out, buying a book for your friend, for your uncle, for your plumber, for your furniture designer, for your nail person. I don't know. Keep buying books. Just give them away. It's so wonderful, and I'm so proud of this book. It's for those of you who don't know, and you might just be meeting me. Hi, I'm Katie, and I wrote this book about journaling. It's called Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, and it's 55 journaling exercises that go into different areas of your life. So there's tools to get organized. There's tools about meal planning. There's tools about feeling your feelings, which nobody wants to do, right? There's tools about getting to know yourself. Journaling was something that was so positive for me for self-awareness that I really, really love the practice and wanted to share it and got so much resistance from people. So I wrote a book about it to help people try it. And I'm really proud of the book. So check out the book. That is on my website, on Amazon, and the show notes. Wonderful. It's there. If you do like the book and you bought it, try leaving a review on Amazon or don't even try, just do it. It's so easy. And yeah, that would be really cool. And join the Facebook crew if you are a listener of the podcast, which you obviously are because you're listening to me right now. That's a really fun place to be. You get to not only talk to me, but you get to talk to other listeners. And it's especially fun for me selfishly because while it's like I'm talking to you right now, you guys can't talk back during a podcast and I feel very alone. So in the Facebook crew, I find community and friends and it's really fun so join the facebook crew 
Also, if you like the podcast, leaving a review on iTunes is oh so helpful. And what's even more helpful, actually, is subscribing on your phone via Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere else you can listen. So subscribe. Enjoy the show. Subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a review if you want to. That would be very, very cool of you. And I will talk to you guys next week. Oh, and stick around for after the final interview because I'm going to share who's coming up on the show next week. All right, welcome back, everyone. OMFG, I'm excited to have today's hosts of my favorite podcast, the Pop Culture Botox Show OMFG's hosts, Emily Foster and Deanna Chang, are here in the Wellness Wonderland. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thank you. Yay. So let's start with what brought you guys to L.A. I know, Emily, you're from Detroit, and Deanna, I know you've mentioned that you're from Long Island. Is that right? Correct. So when did you guys move to L.A., and then I want to know how you guys met. So many things, but start (laughs) there. Well, I moved to L.A., um, let's see, I went to college in Oregon, and after I left school, I went back to Detroit for one year, and then I just said, you know what, I want warm weather in my life. I'm really done with living in Michigan. Yeah. And I just put everything in my car and I drove out. And that was that. Yeah, I had, I went to Oswego, upstate New York, where it was frozen solid. And I, everybody that I was in the theater group with, the theater major, um, the majority of people moved to L.A. So it was just kind of either do New York City or do L.A. And I just moved, moved to L.A. And yeah, you guys are the coolest. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, go ahead. I the other part of my question, I want to know how you guys got into the entertainment industry, and how did you guys know from a young age that that was what you wanted to do? Deanna, you studied it. Did you too? Yeah, like I probably knew um, in high school. Towards maybe junior year of high school, I really, you know, caught the acting bug and was like, this is, this is for me, you know, and then kind of learned once I got out here that you need to not just be one thing if you're going to even have any kind of success, which is debatable (laughs) if I've had that, but it's, um, you know, you need to write, act, produce, direct, edit, all of it, you know. Which yeah, is, which I do do. Yeah. So were those all skills that you just learned by doing them when you got there? Since you didn't know that moving out there, or you didn't like learn that in school? Yeah, I mean, I think for the yeah, pretty much everything. You know, you, writing. You know, I did write before then, but um, just saw that people who were successful that I knew uh, were doing one woman shows and were, you know writing for different websites and yeah I think that those skills sort of grew as as we you know had a sketch group and learned how to produce and then you know editing was actually I had to sit down with Final Cut and learn how to edit Mm -hmm. that wasn't just uh, acquired but yeah I think once you have one skill um, a lot of the when you say that a lot of them kind of 
They feed yeah. into Overflow. each other. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to just get involved. It's like if you know how to tell a story, that's mm-hmm. going to be told through editing or writing or acting or podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, it's all like, um, you know, different things of the same vein, like Mexican food, you know, it's like tacos <laughs> and burritos, but it's all beans and cheese and corn, you know. <laughs> Analogy. An amazing analogy. Yeah. So how about you, Emily? Was it the same thing for really learning a bunch of different skills? Or what did you come out to L.A. thinking that you would focus yeah, no, on? It's, it's funny. I, you know, I grew up with two parents that were both theater majors. And so I think I'm the only person in history that was really pushed to be an actress. <laughs> and because of that, I mean, I never really wanted to do it. <laughs> but I, I think it did give me the bug to kind of be in the industry. And um when I moved out here, I just started as a production assistant, and now you know I produce TV shows and just kind of um, you know I write, and so that's kind of more the realm that I have, have found a home in. Cool. So I did some internet stalking, like I mentioned, and I saw that you're a voiceover artist, which I think is like the coolest thing in the world. And I love listening to audiobooks, and sometimes like I have so many on my Audible that I'll just like scroll through my my library on there just admiring all the titles that I've I've read, listened to and so <laughs> I'd love if you could talk to us about being a voiceover artist like how did you get into that what does that look like day to day what are some of the favorite books you've read all of that awesome yeah um it's really nepotism my dad um you know he worked at an ad agency in detroit forever and you know when they would do a commercial he would lay down the scratch track for like you know just a rough cut to show the client and they were always like i love this voice this is the guy we're using really but it's a great voice he has like one of those deep man voices that's just like hello i'm mel you know it's like don draper yeah. So he, you know, when he, he kind of moved away from advertising and thought, why don't I give this a shot and really found his home doing audiobooks. So he's, he's really recorded, you know, hundreds and hundreds of books. I'm still somewhere in my teens of books, but, um, he really gave me the courage to try it out. And, um, it's so much fun. It really is. I, I love doing it because, you're, you cannot read something out loud and have your mind wander. Mm, yeah, you have yeah. to be 100% focused. And there's nothing like spending eight hours a day that focused. It's just, it's, it's a really it's like nice practice. Yeah, it's a meditation. Yep. It's really cool. That's so interesting. I, I think about that a lot, you know, even with, with this podcast, it's, there's so few things in life, especially nowadays, like I sound like an old person, but like with technology and with how even even listening to audiobooks, like you have to I listen to audiobooks more than I read because I can do it while I'm driving or while I'm folding laundry or while I'm doing whatever. And there's so few times in life where you can just be completely present with people. And, and I love doing this podcast because for an hour, like, I have to turn my phone off. Like, I have to be completely here. I can't really do too many things other than be in this conversation, which I love. So it's kind of the same thing when you're reading a book. You are really have to be there. Definitely. So what are some of the favorite books that you've read or any that stick out to you? 
you know, I've kind of fallen into this young adult genre, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys can tell my voice is very youthful. <laughs> I love your voice. I love, I love both of your – like, you guys both – OMFG comforts me so much, but, yeah, I, you have a great voice. Thank you. Um, so, I, yeah, a lot of the books I've read, I mean, they, they aren't books I would naturally pick up myself to enjoy, but I – I really have um, have been very lucky to read some really good young adult novels. Cool. I think sassy. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, it's a lot of like supernatural stuff mixed in there. Yeah. I have to do like, you know, vampires and ghosts and, you know, playing all those kinds of characters. That's fun. Yeah. So, you know, there's some good stuff. That's so cool. So do you, when you read a book, do you do it all in one day or is it like, I guess it probably depends on how long the book is. It depends how long it is, but um, you, basically it'll take up to three or four days. Really? Eight hours, yeah. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. Really. Do you ever like um, kind of find yourself, so your mind doesn't trail off, you're in. You're in, wow. Yeah. That's cool. There's so few things in life that that happens in. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So you've also produced a bunch of, you wear many hats as well, and produced a bunch of TV shows, and one in particular that I'm really obsessed with, which is the conversation with Amanda D. Cadenet, and like I love her so much, and I love watching all of her videos. So what's it like working with her? She is a fascinating lady. She is, um, she's a powerhouse. She seems you know? so cool, yeah. Who is she exactly? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that name and I feel like I have a glimpse of that face. Who is she? Who is she? Who is your show? Who is she? We should make a gif. <laughs> I know. Well, I think, you know, she kind of came up in London. Yeah, um, I didn't know who she was before. Oh, okay. So she's kind of like, you know, and, you know, she started when she was 18 and she's this like foxy babe who's doing all these live shows in London. And she, very interestingly, you know, she was married to, I think, the drummer from Duran Duran. Okay. And they had a baby together. Then she ended up dating Keanu Reeves for Mm -hmm. like eight years. Okay. So she just kind of, I think, worked her way across the pond and found (laughs) some hot man to nestle herself into. And she, um, I think the conversation started because, you know, she's very interesting. She has a lot to say. She's a very powerful person. And she also had the friends to to be there with her to to kind of create the show. So it was it's one of those rare moments when you're like, booking was not a problem for her. Right. <laughs> to get these people right. She could just be like, you, yeah. you, you cool friend. Exactly. Yeah. So when I guess come over. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, she just had Hillary Clinton and... Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, she's a boss lady. She's like my inspiration of, like, what I want this podcast to be if I had, like, lots of famous husbands and, and lived in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> well... Here's yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got you guys, so that's that's one step. That's 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 it. Actually, that is everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Um, so you're you're a producer on that show. So does that mean you get to like be in there for some of the interviews and? 
we actually did, it was a live show with her on Lifetime um, that was supposed to kind of be like a late night feel, so a little less serious than the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it really just didn't find its legs, unfortunately, because I think she she has much more to say. And she, I think a kind of one-on-one sit-down thing is the right thing for her. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I think I saw that. I think I saw the video of that online, which I loved because it was like funnier and more chill. And was her daughter? Wasn't her daughter on that? Or like yeah, that? she came on. She was yeah. very sweet. Yeah. And we had a live Skype with the Duran Duran guy, who I feel so bad. His first name's John, but I don't remember his last name. Yes, I told totally you. He was very nice. Yeah. 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 Well, good job. It was amazing. Thanks. <laughs> So, Emily, staying on you for another second here, you um, mentioned in our podcast or when I talked to you that you're also into some of these spiritual people and you guys recently had on your podcast, OMFG, a tarot card reader. So how did you get into I loved it. I thought it was great. I was just excited for all that's to come for this year for the podcast for you guys. I know. It made me really excited. But how did you how did you get into all of that stuff and and how is it a part of your life now? And then Deanna, I want to know from you, like, is it a part of your life as well, or like, have you dabbled in that sort of thing? And what do you think of it? I want all all perspectives. Great. Well, you know, and you can speak to this, Katie. Like, I was actually very lucky growing up in Michigan. I had a very new age mom who at two years old took me to get my TM mantra and I would have to meditate before preschool. And, um, you know, she very much kind of opened those doors for me, whether I wanted them opened or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, you know, I, she's a Reiki master. So I've been doing Reiki since I was eight. Um, can we um, hang out? I should hang out yeah. with her. We should like have she dinner would tonight. Love you. <laughs> I would, I, if I, when I see her next, I need to teach her how to listen to podcasts, not for my podcast, but for yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she's a really cool woman and she, um, has always kind of just been a very, uh, spiritual lady. So I I got very lucky in that sense. I haven't had to do a lot of soul searching in my life. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's fun. She's got a guru. I went to the guru at 16, you know, it was amazing. The same one from Eat Pray Love, just so we all have a reference, oh, you know. Seriously? Yeah. That's cool. Definitely. But it it is funny because I find um you know, a lot of times I I think that I look for answers maybe in a less traditional way you know Mm -hmm. like I've always got a you know a psychic I'm talking to or a tarot person and or getting my charts read and and sometimes I realize like you know what maybe I can just sit in the unknown for a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) that might be okay (laughs) yeah I think it's like a balance because I think it's all interesting and cool and I think that you know astrology or all of this stuff is like information about yourself that can be fun but I think if anyone takes it too serious it can be just as harmful as it could be good for someone and you know and I've gone a little bit too far in that direction and had to like hone myself in and it's all about I mean it's like what we were talking about you know when I came on your show about the same thing with health and food and it's really about you know, mo- it's as dumb as it sounds, like moderation on all of these things is, I guess, really important. Definitely. 
So, Deanna, what about you? Have you ever been into spiritual stuff? Like, what is your type of relationship with all of the woo-woo? Yeah, I feel like I have a more complicated relationship with the woo-woo. Um, sometimes, you know, I feel like I had friends in L.A. who I felt were, like, Emily's relationship doesn't bother me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, okay, I can get with some of that. But I think I've had friends who've gone so hard in one direction that it's turned me off. You know, yeah. it's like instead of saying um, I'm, I have to get twelve teeth pulled today, they would say phrasing along the lines of I get to have twelve teeth pulled today. <laughs> That's something they learned in terms of how you should always choose life and every moment is in your control like I'm like yeah no just be real (laughs) be real get a grip so I have a more complicated relationship with it but and I had a couple of years ago after one of the worst years of my life I um was gifted a reading like a stars reading you know somebody who is apparently amazing and looks at your birthday and then looks at astrology and tells you a whole bunch of stuff. And I had already had a terrible year. And everyone said, you're going to love it. When I went to her, she said, in four months, this is this amazing thing is going to happen. My other friend said, it's amazing. She told me like two weeks down the line, this amazing thing is going to happen. And I first sentence out of her mouth to me was, you're about to go into a two and a half year descent. <laughs> oh my God. Mind you, worst one year. Now we're adding two and a half more years. And I was so destroyed after this hour long phone call mm-hmm. that I was like, never again. Never again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because Deanna and I are both very sensitive souls. Yes. So I think, you know, kind of hearing that, I can imagine I would be crushed as well. I mean, that's just like, that probably wasn't the right thing at the right time. And it's not that she was wrong, but it's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And it did shoot my ass into therapy, which was good. But, um, yeah. It was, you know, so, but hearing our episode um, that Emily did with the tarot card reader was like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, someone who's telling us things that we actually did already see start to happen Mm -hmm. because we recorded it a while ago um, was awesome. (laughs) I think, you know, I'm up for it. It just, I have to be in the mood and also sometimes it annoys me. Well, I mean, I feel like as the practitioner or the whatever you whatever this person was or just in general with these sorts of people, I think you have to kind of keep people safe because I believe in like, you know, the self-fulfilling. If someone tells you it's going to be a terrible year, couple of years or you're going to do whatever, whatever, I feel like it's not cautionary. It just might make you scared and it might make you, you know, stuck. And I, if I were them, I would feel like I needed to edit that or I needed to like not spin it and and I guess maybe that defeats the purpose of like being real and honest with whatever they're sensing and using their intuition but you know maybe only telling them the good parts or that you know it's going to get bad but it's going to get better and focus on the better I don't know yeah no I think you're right I mean one of my big takeaways when I think about that conversation she's she was shocked 
She's like, you are almost a hundred percent water. Like you're water. And she said, there's something from who's what star or whatever running through that's very strong and that saves you. But you know, your emotional makeup is like agua. And so that really has rung true for me. And I think it's accurate. And I'm praise God for that, like, whatever it is that is really stable and not watery in my life. Mm -hmm. But she did tell me that, which was, she wasn't wrong about really anything she said. It was just like you said, yeah, I mean, a real shakaroo, you know. And a bummer at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, I want to talk a little bit more about writing, and I guess for both of you, but um, Deanna, specifically, I was doing some internet stalking, and you've been an actor and a writer on so many shows, and it's super cool, and you're one of the funniest people that I know. I feel like I know you well. Um, And I want to know, like, when did that start for you I know you mentioned this earlier that you kind of knew you wanted to go this direction in high school but have you always been really funny in your family or like and then as a writer do you you know jot down ideas like in your phone or what is kind of your process with you know your work yeah I mean I think like in third grade my teacher Mrs. Sasso was the first person who thought I was funny and, you know, an outsider, not someone from my family, not my parents, you know, and that sort of did, I remember distinctly being like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I have, I come from very funny parents, very funny parents. So comedy was definitely a way of life in my family. I have a very funny, I have two sisters, both are hysterical. So, I mean you know, that's kind of that. And then in terms of writing, um, yeah, you know, sometimes I feel very, uh, writing is, is for me something where it's not like, Oh, I, I feel compelled to sit down and really get out all these thoughts. It's more of like, I have to really make time for it. Be very, you know, some things like short little things like a funnier die video mm-hmm. um that comes out really quickly it's yes, like i it have does. an idea boom bam done uh but if it's something longer like a longer form script or you know short story that usually takes a little bit longer and it's something i have to actually sit down and clear my plate off and really focus yeah it I, doesn't come natural i love that you said that and because you know I think it's like an illusion or a delusion or whatever for people to think that you know as writers like you can just sit down and do it and it won't feel like work and like you said sometimes that's the case but the majority of the time it's not you still have to like sit down and do the work like any other career and like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that a lot in her new book about how like every day you have to sit down and and do it or you're not going to create and I think it's really important for people to, like, talk about that side of things, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Emily's working on a piece right now, and you were saying you're, you're turning your phone off, your messages, everything on your computer, just so 
you when you wake up and you carve this time out to yeah. write, you're actually doing it, right? Right. I mean, it's it's a constant battle when it's you and a page. It's like right. you have to really just be able to turn your mind off, you know, which is yeah. almost impossible as we were talking about. It's like so hard to clear that not only the time but the space in your own mind to make it happen. Yeah. And I think do you watch The Bachelor, Katie? No. Good. That's a better way to be. Amen. <laughs> I unfortunately do. And these girls are in their twenties and they don't get to have a phone with them or or they can't reach anyone on the outside world. No texting, no instant. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I can, they act so crazy on the show. And now I'm like, yeah, they're going through massive withdrawal. Yeah, wow. I, know. I mean, I, I watched it when I like first came out when, you know, before those things happened. So, wow, I never even thought about that. Yeah, like they're, <laughs> they're going through a lot, you know? Yeah. Detox, man. Major detoxification. Man. <laughs> So, okay, now I want to, like, merge you two back together. Um, those were my my um, individualized questions. But now tell me how you guys met and when did that happen? And you guys seem like you're really good friends. How did – tell me all. Well, we were both living in New York at the time, and we had done a storytelling show for Hello Giggles – um, and you know, I remember I was so nervous. It was maybe only my second, first or second storytelling yeah, show right. ever. And I, you know, I get to the theater and I'm so intimidated by everybody. You know, it's at UCB. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And Deanna gets up and tells this like, oh, I mean, it was just like a beautiful story and just, it moved me so much. And she really knocked my socks off. Mm. And that's really I don't remember a ton about that night but I definitely remember her story and maybe like two or three days later Deanna sends this email just to me and one other girl that was there that night it was like hey girls want to get a drink and I was like oh my god I just got hand selected by the fucking cool girl <laughs> after the show oh my god Emily it blew my mind and then we had drinks and then the three of us actually yeah. hung out for for the rest of our time together in New York yeah. quite often. And um, then, did you move to L.A. first? You moved to L.A. first. I moved to L.A. first. And I was devastated, and then I was like, oh, I'm moving back to L.A. <laughs> then Deanna comes out, and, you know, I was like, thank God. Yeah, we're, we're reunited. And then this this idea, you know, for, this pot, for our podcast, OMFG, kind of came up organically. And I just one day looked at her, I was like, would you ever want to maybe do a podcast? I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know anything about it. But I just feel like you and I would be good at yeah, shooting yeah, the shit together. Sure would be. And that's kind of how it started. That's how it began. And we were meeting with a girl from Hello Giggles who's younger than us. And she was talking about having had a friend that she met from the internet. On Twitter. Have you ever met? Do you ever have other All than All the time. Yeah, All the time. Do. Of course you do. Of course you do. I've gone to visit people in other countries and stay oh, with them okay. that I met on the internet. I've, yeah. You're one of those. You're one of those. And uh -huh. it befuddled us yeah. to no end. And then we were like, how hilarious that we're like two grannies being like, now you say you went and made a friend and you, like just what you're saying. It was so confusing to us. And Emily's like, that's probably should be our, the concept of our podcast. 
and then uh yeah that's that's that a great concept yeah, yeah it's funny because there are so many things like that due to social media that really do just kind of cast this divide like yes. I've been on Twitter for years I've met people they DM me I DM them back never have I made a friend right it would never occur to you to like take it off the World Wide Web into real life no yeah no so and, yeah it's just a difference I mean I I have to say that like most of the or probably almost all of the friends I've made online have come from the podcast which I think is a little bit different where it's like I'm actually speaking to this person if we get along you know I'm real I'm myself on the podcast so it's you know we're just recording a real conversation so then right. you know we might talk a little bit after and then you know, I send them the link to the show and we email and then we're texting and then we're hanging out, you know? So I think yeah. it's... We'll hang out. Yeah, we will. Oh, I can't wait, obviously. You're, you're our first friend from... Yeah, we haven't taken anybody else out. Of Yay! The- oh my yeah. God, I'm such an honor. I feel like you felt, Emily, where the cool girls <laughs> want to be my friend. This is fantastic. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's just really crazy that the divide with technology makes generations so much more divided, I guess, you know, it's like in the past, I think we wouldn't really notice too much of a gap and, and now we do, you know, just simply like the fact that like I had Facebook in when I was in high school all the way through. And so I'm automatically friends with every single person, you know, from my high school and then college. And like, I don't, just, I was talking to someone in, um, in an improv class just this week and they like couldn't understand, they were telling me about how I, this, this dude had four Facebook friends and, um, he keeps getting friend requests from like, um, you know, people that were friends with him in high school and college. And I, I can't even imagine that because I never get friend requests from those people. They're just, they just are grandfathered in, you know? And so it's like simple things like that, that like aren't a big deal at all, but it's just like super different. That's one thing that I feel bad for your generation about is that, um, for me specifically, I had such a, uh, blossoming from high school to college. I really became, you know, I really came into myself. I had, you know, I went from kind of like just geeky and geeky is not even the right word, but just not a sexual being, you know, not somebody who was, I didn't think of myself as someone who could have a boyfriend in high school. And then that changed like the second I left and went to college. And I really needed that time away from everybody I knew to have a sort of metamorphosis. And I think it's really hard when you're online and you don't get to kind of take a step away and change. Yeah. Everyone's seeing everything, you know? Yeah, it's crazy because you you mentioned that, I think, in one of your podcasts, and that really, like, hit me because it's so true. Like, you... I think even like our reunions or seeing people at Christmas time, it's like not a big deal because we see people all the time and we kind of are are checked in on what's going on in people's lives all the time. And not, you know, it's not like there's so much of it. There's so much on there and so many people that you're not super tapped in on everything that's going on in everyone's lives. But like if someone were to like, you know – become vice president or like do something really notable like I would see it in my feed and right um, and it's just yeah it's it's fascinating to to think about that and 
it definitely takes away that, you know, I always had, I was always like that, I had that illusion of like, I'd go away for the summer and no one would see me and I would come back this like swan that was the ugly duckling before and you could like, totally. you, know, you can't really do that in life anymore. <laughs> People are watching all the time and, and that's the crazy thing too. It's like, we change so quickly in our 20s. Like, I... I feel like it's the second adolescence that's even more intense that nobody really tells you about. And, like, I've changed more in the last, like, two years than I feel like was even possible. But people are watching me do that, and it's all documented documented online. And, like, do you guys have that app Time Hop? Yes. And, like, you can see, like, I can visually see, like, how crazy I was two, three years ago and – even last year, and I, like, cringe looking at it, but it's all online. And I guess I have that heightened because I'm, you know, on, like, emoting online and my, like, writing and work all the time. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I just did something which I would um, suggest you guys do. I had a friend who said, you know, she's all about your – what are you putting out there? Like, you're, you're your own PR person, and you have to – you have to just, what's your brand, you know? And I went back, she's like, go through your Instagram account and clean up all those old posts that no longer you wouldn't put up today. Really? And I did it this morning. She told me that like a year ago. And I was like, whatever. And then I went through this morning and there's still work to be done. But you know, when Instagram first came out, you would take, I would take a lot of nonsense pictures. Yeah. Because you like, just wanted to put something I up. I just wanted to put something up. Like I had a lot of food pictures out there. I just had a lot of nonsense. And so, um, I just cleaned up my brand this morning, guys. I really did. I just cleaned it up. That sounds actually refreshing. <laughs> it I don't does. even know what I have on there. You'll see. If you go all the way down to the bottom, you're going to see garbage. Oh, you don't have much. Oh, I do. Oh, sorry. I, I maybe got my phone out just to see how bad this is. <laughs> no, it's okay. I can't. Like, I, there's no way I could do that just because I post so much that I have, like, thousands and thousands that it would, like, take me so long to scroll. So I figure if I wouldn't even take the time to do that, nobody else would. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. I do hear that. You're and then, yeah, and then I'm partly I'm kind of like, uh just keep it up there because it's so who I was then. And then you can kind of see the transition and maybe people can relate to that. So I don't know. So Deanna would laser her tattoos off and you would not. Yeah. Just, that's what we learned. Or I would just actually, I want I'm glad you brought up tattoos because I really wanted to bring that up because Deanna has like the most wise perspective on tattoos I've ever heard in my life, and it's is... like nobody's listening to me. So it, I talk to you and Emily. Well, and I am. I am because I've wanted. I've been like this close to getting like ten thousand tattoos. I have a tattoo Instagram or not Instagram. That would be cool. Maybe I should Pinterest. Yeah. And all my friends have the coolest tattoos, and I'm just, like, jealous every time I'm with them. And then in the back of my mind, I think Tweety Bird, and I think Deanna. So share what you oh, learned about tattoos. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, I just have friends. They were. I just had two girlfriends at my wedding, uh, actually three, at one table from Oswego. And they're in their dresses with their stupid freaking barbed wire 1992 arm tattoos that were so cool then probably they were like yeah they were kind of cool you know I mean I've never been much of a tattoo person but yeah they were kind of cool then 
And, you know, this other one has, a, yeah, like a little bird on her chest, some nonsense on an ankle, and they hate them. And my one girlfriend is spending thousands of jiggas getting it removed. You know, it's not a cute look. They not, they don't like, nobody I know likes their old, tat, their crusty old tattoos. Nobody. And that's only like an, a one-off here and there. So how are you going to do with the sleeve? You tell me that. How are you going to do with the sleeve in 20 years? Skin grafting. It's going to be the, all the rage. Right? Ouch. You're going to have to. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like these new hipster tattoos are, like, so cool. They're all black and white. Like, there's not really color to them. Like, I have this one friend. She's the coolest, and she um, she has the most amazing tattoos. They're so cool. I'll send you pictures sometimes. But she – last um, Valentine's Day – she was like, oh, I got a festive tattoo. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I just, like, felt like getting an XO on my each arm, like, underneath her elbow. And it looks so cool. And she just, is, yeah, she's just, like, that type of person that would just be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's February 14th. What, can, what should I do today? Tattoo sounds nice, you know? And I'm just, like, such, I wish that I was more impulsive like no. that. No, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to say there are lots <laughs> of things that I say don't overthink it, tattoos do not oh, fall into that category. <laughs> overthink it. Overthink, overthink it. Overthink your face off. Well, I, it, I it's wonder. It's your body. Yeah. It's your body. You don't I mean, get another one. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, though, because when you talk about, like, old 90s tattoos, I picture that one Sex in the City episode, and I don't really remember the premise, but I just remember there being a Tweety Bird tattoo involved. I think it was, like, some guy Miranda was dating, and she was saw that and was like no thank you and right. it, it was like such a like non-cool tattoo probably even then but really now but I feel like these tattoos are super cool now but I wonder like you were saying in 10 not 20 that, years that cool. they're not that cool I'm be honest with you they're not that cool. I will tell you they're you know and I my parents are both religious Jews so tattoos have never crossed my mind because it was never an option however I will say this I have only ever seen one tattoo that I ever enjoyed in my whole life. <laughs> and I'm, you know, my, you know, my husband is covered. It is not his. <laughs> what is oh, it like now? It is my friend, Matt, from college, has on his back a little face that has a thought bubble thinking of a dinosaur on roller skates. <laughs> now, the only reason why I love that tattoo is because it brings me joy every time I see it. It okay. makes me laugh so hard because yes. it's absurd and it's amazing. That is the only tattoo about, yeah. I've ever seen that I'm not, I, I wouldn't say, go get that lasered off your right. body immediately. Right. <laughs> I, I think there's a, that's, by the way, I need to, can we get, uh, can we okay. get tagged in Matt's tattoo? Yeah, but I'm going to need to see that. I feel like there's a hot look. Like, I'm not saying I don't see a guy with a sleeve and, and not think some of them look hot. I do. You yeah. know? And I see, you know, chicks who are like chefs. And they have spiky hair and like an art and a sleeve. And I'm like, all right, that feels on brand. Mm -hmm. But then I see girls that look like you with a sleeve. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not real. That's a moment. That's a trend. And it's not going to feel great in six years. Yeah. It's going to feel like, why did I do this permanent trend? Because everything's a trend. There is nothing that you, that, that I loved in, at 18 
that I would love right now, except for... And not even 25, and not, you know, yeah. like, it's the shelf life on these things we think is going to be a long time. It's just not. It's like, do you, there's a purse, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know. I had bangs two years ago. You know, it's like, right. things just evolve. They evolve and change. And you yeah. can't change a permanent tattoo very quickly. Right. And with hair, like, I, this is what I'm thinking. Whenever I have the impulse to get a really cool tattoo, I just need to, like, dye my hair or something. There yep. you go. There it is. There it is. I support that 100%. Pink you, hair can change. Tattoos cannot. Well, correct. without a lot of money. You go walk down the street, hop into any salon you want. I will never say, don't do it. Do you it. Go for it. Have fun. Live. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be so much fun. All right. Well, words of words of wisdom from my favorite. <laughs> I already feel like we're, people are rolling their eyes at us because it's crusty grandma advice, but like whatever. No, it's good. You've you've saved me many a cheesy tattoo, and in twenty years, when I'm I should be paying you actually in twenty years when I'm not getting laser, I'll just send the there money you straight go. to you. Thank you. This is so good. So. Something else that you guys have helped me out a lot with, um, even without knowing it, and as you know, since you know a bit about my story, on this show we talk a lot about body image, and I like to discuss that a little bit with everyone because I think as women, unfortunately, most of us struggle with that and silently struggle with that. So you guys shared a little bit about your stories with this stuff when I came on your podcast, but mostly the focus was on me. So I want to turn the tables on you guys a little bit and ask you a little bit about your relationships to to your bodies and struggling with body image and dieting and how, especially living in LA and being in the industry that you're in, I'd love to know, you know, how that's changed and evolved and, you know, does it, I've heard so many times that, you know, when you reach your 30s, it gets better and it all kind of dissolves. And was that the case for you guys? And how has it grown and changed and where are you with it now i'm gonna let you start this off. yeah no we're perfect beings <laughs> now we love everything about ourselves and we're done thanks for listening everyone no i will i will say i mean yes that is true that when you kind of get into your 30s i care so much less about so many things you know i will get up at six in the morning, throw on clothes, and I get to my exercise class and I go, oh my God, I didn't brush my hair, my eyes look like those googly goldfish eyes, and I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I do that I, now, but... <laughs> well, you don't have those googly goldfish eyes until you're older, so don't worry. But I was like, you know, like a younger me would have been horrified, and now I'm just like praising myself for having gotten to class, period. Right. You know, like there's nothing more important than just praising yourself and taking care of things. So I think the negative self-talk becomes less, but I think it's it's also you're never not – you always have to battle that voice right. in your mind, you know? Mm. I agree with that. I feel like right – I mean, right this second, um, I have not been working out and that – I you know, right now the conversation that I have with myself is like – you need to start working out. You know, I, some, I've been in the place where I've been really great about it. And I honestly feel like now that I'm in a really great relationship and married, I don't feel like I have to try as hard. So I just think that now I have sort of let a little bit of that go because I haven't been looking for a man, quite frankly. And 
I really need to get back on it because, you know, working out and being healthy is not about men. It's about, you know, living a long life and feeling good about your body and, you know, being here for a long time. And that's really what my next step is. And I think that's like if I get really, really real with myself, hopefully. Well, and I acknowledge you for even acknowledging that because it's like, that's, you know, it's probably true a little bit for everyone that you you are motivated by Extra. kind of, yeah, yeah and like, like that's, that's a hard thing. So kudos to you, Deanna. Thank you. It's not, I don't feel great about that, but it is that really there's probably other things mixed in, but at the core of it, mm-hmm. that's why I was like so on it before. Right. And like, I'm not on it now. Right. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. Hashtag truth. Hashtag truth. Preach. And I think, too, you know, we go in different phases with things, like different phases in our lives where we're really into taking care of ourselves or taking care of ourselves in different ways. You know, sometimes it's really with the body and with exercise and eating, and then sometimes it's really with, you know, relationships or work or – and I think, you know, balance is kind of a myth and sometimes, you know, one bucket will be more full than the other and eventually it'll all – I'll get figured out, but you know, it's rare that it's all happening at once. Right. I agree with that. It's, I like that it's a myth, a myth because I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So going back to OMFG for a moment, um, when did you guys, you talked about how you got the idea, but talk me through, like, did you guys listen to podcasts? Do you have favorite podcasts? What was kind of your inspiration other than this really cool idea for starting the podcast? And what has, like, the experience been like so far? Yeah, I mean, I think we both, you know, kind of are casual listeners to podcasts. Um, but it's been really it's been really fun to kind of, you know, as a TV producer, personally, it's like it's fun to figure out how to develop a show and and to host is really strange, you know, like it actually has given me a lot of respect for people who host live television shows, which is no easy job. No, I don't, I wouldn't believe it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks hard. That looks really hard, you know. Yeah, but you know, that it's been, it's been a journey. I think we've evolved a lot yeah. um, since our start and we really, um, I think we're really happy with where we are right now. I, I feel that way too. Yeah. I think we had to learn each other, you know, learn, we're friends, but then when you go into essentially business together, it's a different beast and figure out how to work together and, and how to, you know, communicate and really the biggest thing. And I, I, I the, for the podcast, like I was a huge Mark Marin, Adam Carolla gal. Mm-hmm. Um, those were my two jams and I listened uh, like a crazy person and then I sort of just got off both of them but I go I go hard in one direction and then I'm over it right. for a while but same I like WTF though That's yeah a good it's great it's classic yeah classic um OG of the whole operation yeah mm-hmm. totally do you guys any others that you would that you dabble in or that you'd recommend other than right now I'm into bitch sesh same beautiful podcast what is it it's it's um Casey it Wilson and Danielle Schneider, Schneider bitch sesh. Cool. It's cool. all about housewives, so you have you know there you'd have to be a housewives fan, but they do a recap. They've been doing it on my Beverly mom would Hills. love it. 
Yeah, it's hilarious. Also, another amazing podcast, The Bitch Bible, as long oh as we're on God. Bitch. This we one is hosted by Jackie Schimmel. She's Holy. the girl who taught yeah. us chapter. Yeah. Beautiful podcast. I liked her. She was cool. I like everyone that everyone you have on. I'm like, I want to hang out with them and be their friend. <laughs> Just come to LA, baby. We I was shoot. telling you that I want you guys to have like a summer camp that you guys run and are the counselors, and you invite all of your guests that have been on your show, and we all just like hang out and talk about stuff, and I don't know, listen to Drake. <laughs> sure, sure. That sounds well, like we'll a put great... some feelers out there and see who would come to camp. I'm not. Yeah, mad. I mean, it might just be the three of us listening to some Drake, but I'm not opposed to that either. So. We could uh, do all the dances. Yeah. yeah. We could do the funny dance. We could dab. Yeah, fam. Fam time. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, so you guys have learned a lot in the in – the, how many episodes? You guys have done a bunch at this point. 50-something. 50-something, yeah. yeah. Who knows by the time this airs. So I would like to know a couple things. What's your um, grand vision for the podcast? What are some of your – like things that you want to do with it and also like any advice you have for other people, you know, wanting to start a podcast and co-host a podcast and working with someone else. Cause I feel like the two of you have such a great vibe together. I think um, in terms of the, your last question, uh, I think you have to be like all relationships. You have to have an open line of communication and be okay. If somebody's doing something that, you know, if one of us is, doing something that bothers the other one, we've sort of made a path to just communicate about it and the other person has to be open and ready to receive it. You know, in, in terms of um, the show and how to get a podcast going, I think, you know, what I think we would both say is be specific. I've seen some people try to launch some podcasts where they're, it's just like, hey, I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know if that's going to, I don't know. I think the more specific you are in what you want to, what your goal is and like what you want to talk about it, I think the better in terms of marketing, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think I, I'm not a big fan of, of what you were describing, just kind of a loosey-goosey sit-down. It's like, for us, it's, it's fun to be able to have reoccurring games and reoccurring segments and stuff like that. It's really um, a good way to kind of get yourself out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. And being more, like you were saying, being more specific and, you know, can't be everything to everybody, so just do you, and that's totally yeah. what you guys do, and you have such a clear... Um, concise like niche on this cool topic and I think yeah I think that's really important so with you two um and Emily as a voiceover artist what about like speaking in your voice and especially speaking into a microphone and doing podcasting or or something else when you're using your voice are there any like do you have any like funny like things you do before you're recording a book or like how do you like take care of your voice or like hone your voice anything any tips around that area um, you know what? It's really funny. I don't, but I I have seen people like before they go in to record an audiobook, like in their car doing things, and I'm always wondering what it is that's happening. Um, <laughs> it just looks super me, funny. Yeah, I'm like definitely doing some like tip of the tongue, whatever. I kind of exercise. I have no. Um, for me, I really just you know I I'll 
suck on lozenges and drink tea, but that's, I mean, that's a no brainer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nothing special. Okay, good. I'm not missing out when I'm reading. (laughs) Your voice is great. Yeah, it sounds great. Crystal clear. Amazing. Cool. So you've, you get coached, I guess, kind of from youths, but now is your chance to coach a youth in real time. So putting you out into the environment. Um, I want to know, you know, more about, you know, what you guys were like when you were young. So speaking to either your 25 year old self or to me, what advice do you have in any area, you know, we covered tattoos really well. We talked a bit about body image, but what were are the, like the main top things that um, you think that would be helpful for for me to know, for your younger self to know? And even, you know, something that we haven't talked about, and both of you got married recently. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so maybe too with like dating and relationships. Well, great. So for my younger self, um, you know, I I would just tell her to calm down. (laughs) Seriously, I feel like I was just a ball of anxiety. Um, And, you know, just trust. Just trust more that everything is working out and everything is going exactly as it's supposed to. And I know that's hard for everybody to do, but it's like you end up where you're supposed to be and it's always a great place. Yeah, I would say my one thing would be like be brave. Just do go for what you want fiercely. Mm. That would so be my good. advice. <laughs> and then for I'm sorry, what was that second question? Oh, let's talk about dating and like dating oh. in your twenties and some stuff be that you brave. guys learned then. I'll stay with that too. Be brave and go for what you want. <laughs> that would be I would need that advice in my twenties. I think mine stays the same too. Calm yeah. the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was timid. I didn't. I didn't go for what I wanted. I waited around for, for somebody to come to me. I didn't. I didn't go for. I didn't have enough confidence to go for who and what I wanted at that time. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that hit me. Hit me hard. <laughs> nice. So, this is a fun one. Um, we're having a dinner party, and you guys can invite. Five guests, who would you invite, what would you make or want to eat, um, and what do you hope someone turns and asks you at the party, and what do you really hope they don't ask you and you really don't feel like talking about? Um, I God, like the first, I mean, I would invite, I really, the people, like, I feel like I have the most hilarious friends and family, you know? that I don't have to look, I don't care for a celebrity to be there. I would invite my dearest and closest because they're hilarious. Can and I come? I want to meet them. You can come, yeah. Get get your buns over here. <laughs> I don't want to be asked, um, what bugs me? You know what bugs me right now? Because my I have a relationship where my husband's gone one month and here one month people are forever asking me like, is that okay how does that work for you is it hard and I have to be honest like at this point the same people that I know have asked me so many times I'm like don't you know the answer already yeah it's just like yeah I get it once but like I told you we're good if it's a problem I'll let you know you know yeah that's so funny one of my um my my old boss, one of my best friends, actually, her husband does the same thing, and 
people always, yeah, would ask about that and, yeah. And I get it, but, you know, come on. Yeah, I guess it's just because it's not, you know, the typical thing. It's hard for people to wrap their minds around maybe, but. Sure. I don't know. So what do you hope that they would ask you? What do you want to talk about? And you got something? Um, you know, I guess, like, I'd rather talk about with your nearest and dearest. I don't know. I guess just, like, learnings, life learnings. Lessons. Uh, hashtag lessons. lessons. Yeah. 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 Like the ones you learn on your show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So – as you know, the name of this podcast and my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that to you guys to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to each of you? Hmm, that's a good question. I love that. I feel like that means to me right now, juice every day, mm. take care of myself, start working out, mm-hmm. um, you know, take care of like just self-care is like what that means to me in all aspects, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Emily? For me, I I had a very, this is going to sound so cheesy, and when I tried to tell Deanna about this, she was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. But I had a (laughs) powerful realization recently, which is just that, like, smiling at strangers (laughs) brings me so much joy. Mm. And I don't naturally do it because I don't, I stop myself from doing it. You know, I think... As you know, you live in Michigan. It's a very friendly place. We all say hi to each other. And that is my natural inclination to do every day as I step out into the world is to smile and to say hello. And I think when you actually allow yourself to do it, it's that is my wellness wonderland right now. Like I, I, It brings me so much joy. I love that. I love that. That's so good. I'm going to go outside and smile to people right now. <laughs> I and- encourage everyone to. It's life-changing. Mm. It'll change your food in two seconds flat. I love that. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show and being my friend. And let's, I have a bunch more questions I want to ask you. So when we're in LA, we'll have to just, when I'm in LA hanging out with you guys, we'll have to record again. Perfect. We would love to. Thank you so much. All right. Bye guys. Thank you. I'm so excited that Kiersey Basine is here to talk about some really awesome things that she's up to. I just got to talking to her when we met on Skype a couple of minutes ago, and I already know that we're going to be friends. She's in New York City, and I'm here at my home in Detroit, and we are just about to jam for a little bit. So tell us exactly what you do and how you got to where you are. Absolutely. So, Katie, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to share all this information with your wonderful audience. And just a little bit about me. Like you said, I'm Kiersey Bassine. My company's My Orange Villa. And what I really focus on is helping busy people, busy professionals who feel overwhelmed. And they're, you know, kind of going through the motions and they feel really tired and stressed. Um, and I help them come to the other side to just really understand what's going on so they can have more energy, just be healthier and happier because there's so many things I find people do, these mistakes they make and they have good intentions when it comes to their health, like I did, but it doesn't do them a favor. It actually ends up kind of uh, doing the reverse so that they don't end up being healthy. And I went through my own story of this. I, um, before I started my company, I was in the corporate world myself and I was really in that state of overwhelm. I was working for a leading global company, 
I was in a, uh, a job that had three roles at the same time, and two of oh them gosh. required two of them required international travel. So I was traveling for one every week to wow. another country, and the second one I was going um, about every two to three months. Wait, every week you were traveling to yeah. another country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it oh was my pretty taxing because um, it was really for just a very short period of time. I'd basically go for like a day. And different and time I, zones and yeah, so it was it was taxing and um, and it, you know it was thrilling at the time. And I thought, oh well, this is what I need to do. This is what it takes to really um, move along in my career and get to like the next level. So I kept at it and I kept in this like what I call the energizer rabbit mode. And I just kept going and going and going. And eventually, it caught up with me. I like two years later, I was in the middle of a conversation. And suddenly, the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. And I had collapsed. I collapsed because I went through exhaustion. And up until that point, I had been just brushing off for warning signs. So oh um, one thing that I do, too, is I write for the Huffington Post. And I have an article out there about this, that just telling my story and also talking and discussing the warning signs. These are just a few of them. But I mean, there's a whole list of things, of symptoms that just come up, like irritability, moodiness, insomnia. And I had a really big problem sleeping. I couldn't sleep no matter how much uh, hard I tried. I felt groggy. I um, you know, had digestive issues. Like my skin was acting out too. You know, I'd get like breakouts and you know, it it was just, yeah. you know, I felt like I was like health-wise a little bit of a mess, but not so much that it would have taken me to the hospital. You see what I mean? It was right, sort of right. like just having a low-grade fever. You just kind of push through it. At least I pushed through it. Um, until it really to that point when I just ended up collapsing from exhaustion. Uh, and then from that day on, I decided, okay, I have to change my yeah. life. This is really not working for me, obviously. So what I did then was I went back to school and then I started my company to help people exactly in this type of position where they don't have to go through that. Um, I don't know. I like to think of it as like you're just in this gray zone. You're not yeah, really like happy. hamster wheel. Yeah. And, and you know, you're just drained. I mean, that's how I felt. Every day I got home, I just lie on the couch. <laughs> I was tired. Um, and, you know, it just doesn't have to be this way. I mean, I know from the clients that I have that they, they make it through to the other side as well. They just end up feeling like, wow, it's just a matter of some tweaks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are generally healthy taking care of themselves. Like I was. I thought chicken salads were the thing. I mean, I ate that regularly and I would go to the gym two to three times a week. I was healthy by all means. Right, a doctor would look at me and say, no, you're fine. Um, so that's my biggest message is that it's just really important to just get a reality check on like, you know, and become really aware yeah. of what your body is telling you because it will catch up. It will definitely catch up with yeah. you. So bring us up a little bit more back to that moment where you collapsed on the floor. What yeah. happened next? Did you stay working your job? Tell us about kind of what you do now and and how oh. did that transition go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that day I, I woke up. I was completely startled and uh, really, really scared. I was extremely scared because I thought, what if – luckily I was on like – I was just um, in a level place, like it was an even floor, right? What if I'd been going down the steps? What oh if I'd gosh. been driving, right? And suddenly I would have lost consciousness, then who, you know, I probably wouldn't be alive. So, so that really, really scared me. So the rest of the day, I just uh, relaxed and I just, really, I stayed in bed. I was, I was so tired. I mean, after that collapse, I felt even worse. Sure, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so I gradually started, you know, asking questions, just trying to figure it out for myself. And like I said, I went back to school, um, and then eventually realized, you know, this is a bigger issue than I ever thought. Like it's not just me, obviously. I know a lot more people don't ever necessarily get to the extreme that I got to, but they're going through that. Um, I could see it in my colleagues, and I know it from the companies that and people that I work with now. Uh, right. You know, so I, I I was really passionate about bringing this message out, and like I mentioned. I shared my story in the Huffington Post. It was my first article, and that actually, at the time it was published, went viral. This really did resonate with people. Um, you know, a lot of people do go through something like this, and mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's important. I mean, um, you know, I, like I mentioned, I work with different types of companies, so I've worked even with places like Equinox, where it's about understanding, even for their trainers, like sometimes they push too hard, right? So they really need to understand what it means to find some balance. Yeah. Um, I actually think, sorry to interrupt, but I actually think Ariana Huffington herself had a similar story that she talks about in her book where she herself actually collapsed from exhaustion. Yes. And I, and that's, I'm a huge fan of Ariana's. I, um, that's actually how I got to know her was through her conference and about her book when she first launched it. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, we do share a similar story and I told her the story and that's actually the reason why she asked me to write for the Huffington Post. So I, um, you know, I feel, you know, again, you know, honored to be able to share more information, help other people, and spread more advice, <laughs> I guess, and and really wisdom about this topic uh, because it's not just you know you can think oh it's just her generation. I was young when this happened, mm-hmm. and you know I, I was just about thirty. So uh, it, it does cover different generations and people and even different types of uh, positions. You know, I mean, she was already running a, a Huffington Post at the time, I believe, or just about to launch it at least. Um, you know, and I, I was, you know, already a little bit into my career, but, um, you know, in a different kind of position. So yeah. that's what I, I really want to, like, drive home to people is that it can happen no matter what age. Yeah, clearly. Oh, wow. So how has your life changed since then? What do you do now to bring us up to the present with what you do now and the work that you're doing now and what you're most excited about in your life now? Oh, yes, absolutely. So like I mentioned, I've um, worked with some individuals and I work with corporations. And I have this program that I did with, uh, I do with my companies, this, this training that one of my clients ended up even getting a best place to work award for. Wow. Uh, partly due to, to the work because it, it was all about helping their employees reduce stress. It was a big issue within the company, and it also they realized it was affecting morale. Um, people just weren't happy, right? So um, I came in. I did a, a series uh, training with them, and they, in, you know, partially due to this, they they got the award, which was wonderful. It was a really great, awesome thing for them to have. Um, it's not only did it. You know, help their employees, but for them is also a good way to attract more people into the office to say, "Hey, you know, we're we're more relaxed." Yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, but what I've now done and decided to do and to help more people is to put this program out to the public. So it's an online program that um, is actually just launching today. Oh my gosh! It's yeah. So I'm really, really excited that I'm able to share this with more people and just get it out there because I know that this is important. Like it's not just about, and I know a lot of people have really good intentions. Like I said, and it, sometimes it's about under really getting a better 
idea and education about what really works and what you really need to know, even when it comes down to like little things, for example, um, you know, I, I, for example, I just wrote an article about smoothies and I know a lot of people eat them or have them or they even have like green drinks. Um, what happens oftentimes is these drinks and smoothies have a lot of sugar in them without people realizing it because they're based on fruit, even for the green drinks out there. I mean, I look at some of the labels, they have something like 24 grams of sugar within a serving. And in many times those bottles are already two servings. So think about it. The FDA says you need about 50 grams at most. Like that's the max. So you're already getting a really, really good spike of sugar right then and there. Um, so it's really important to to understand these types of things even when you're out there and you know eating well, exercising. Like sometimes you can overdo it there too. So it really comes down to understanding what you need to, what, you know, some of the pitfalls when it comes to your eating. Um, even your exercise routine, because that could be pushing you too far and over the edge, um, like yeah. it did in my case. And um, then it comes down to the mental and the emotional. Yeah. There's, and that's, that's what this program does, is it looks at all those aspects. Because if you don't know all those pieces of the puzzle, um, and you don't have that foundation in place, because it's really what I like to call it, the foundation, mm-hmm. then you can't really get, can't really be healthy. I mean, yeah. I know. <laughs> I've been through, the, right. been through it, and um, I'm really happy to say, we, on my part, of course, um, I feel like a lot better than I ever did. Um, I'll just give you a short story. I actually ended up running into um, a former director of mine from the corporate world, um, and he took one look at me, and he's like, you're glowing. Mm. What? <laughs> what happened to you? Right. <laughs> you can totally tell the difference from what I used to be to what I am now. Yeah. And I, you know, and again, I see this with the people that I've worked with that, you know, they, they make it over to the other side and yeah. they, they glow, I guess you could just say, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So I know my audience really well and you're kind of preaching to the choir here. You're preaching right. to the people who, you know, have maybe left their corporate jobs or to for something that allows them to have more freedom and be healthier and people who, you know, there might also be some people who are new to this. Can this program help everyone? Or what advice do you have to people who are already taking care of themselves really well, already aware of sugar, already aware of over-exercising? And what can you say to those people? You know, that's a really good question. I would say that it's always a good idea to understand what you're, where you're really at. And some people may already know that, whether they've gone to the doctor or then, you know, I, I also do assessments myself on to see, like, just to see what is really going on. Because you wouldn't, I come across this a lot. I, a lot of my clients actually are people who are in a really good place already. They're mm-hmm. really taking care of themselves. They're really invested in their health, which is amazing and it's an awesome thing. Yet they're still doing stuff that's not good for them, whether they've, um, you know, are on their own and they have more of that freedom, so to speak. But when it comes to even the mental and the emotional, um, which is, again, modules in my, my course, um, these principles that I talk about when it comes to something like mindfulness, and there are very different types of techniques for this, yeah. um, cool. I find that applies to just really actually anyone who is working, right? Um, if you're not and you're just in a place where you kind of just, I don't know, maybe on the beach all the time, that's, that's great. Um, this is really apply for people who... Um, to work, right? Mm-hmm. They're in some kind of profession in yeah. any case, right? So they 
they still encounter these types of um, stress triggers that come up on an emotional and mental level too, um, where, for example, uh, I just wanted to share a really quick technique, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, and this is a woman that I admire highly, and I use this technique. And there are, again, many, many ways of doing this, and I use a lot more, obviously, in the, in the, in the course or the program. But this is one by Byron Katie, and some of you may already know her. And if you do, that's great. You may know this technique. And if you do, then I just encourage you to do more of it because I think everyone could do it like all the time, all day <laughs> to really um, get a handle on their feelings and just kind of wipe out more of that negativity because we do tend to, a lot of us, gravitate towards negative thoughts. So her technique is called the work. And it's really just to take away all those negative thoughts or the negative thoughts that keep popping, popping up, and, and particularly around people, and it could be about situations as well. But um, so say that, and it's all about awareness, obviously. You have to be aware that you're having this type of thought, that, mm -hmm. for example, you're getting frustrated because, and I'm just giving an example, like someone's not listening to you. So let's say that someone is John. So you could say, John is not listening to me, and you feel all this negativity, you feel all the frustration, you're angry, you're hurt, why isn't this person listening to me? I feel frustrated, or you know, you know, all these emotions come up right. that are not helping you. And obviously they're causing you stress. And they could even, like for some people, that just that thought just becomes bigger and bigger and it just becomes really consuming. Um, but this is a technique to, you know, to turn that around. So the idea is first, obviously you're aware of it, you know that he's not listening. And then the next question where you, you have to go kind of become introspective and ask yourself, well, is this really true? is he not listening to me all the time? And in, I'd say 100% of the case of time, it's going to be, the answer is no. Like he doesn't always listen to me. That's not true, right? Um, so the next question then, or this is, I'm just kind of making an abridged version of this. There's more to it, but this is um, a good start because I don't want to get too <laughs> deep into it. It could take longer. Usually takes longer. Um, but in any case, so the next step would be to ask your, like, to reverse that belief. So you think that John doesn't listen to you. So one way of doing it is to reverse it. So think of it as the opposite. John does listen to me. Right? And then think of three situations where that is true. Mm. Does that make sense? So yeah, you're really kind of, you're reprogramming your brain to think otherwise. Yeah. Right? So you don't have to think, oh, well, he never listens. Or, you know, this type of thinking that doesn't really serve you at all and it just makes you feel worse. So then you think of, oh, there are times when he actually listens. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that kind of lifts the weight and makes you start feeling better. And then, of course, there are other ways, there's more to this exercise, but that's a really good way to start, like, kind of unraveling these thoughts that mm -hmm. come up. And in a way, I also think it's a great way to cultivate compassion towards the other person. You realize, you know, maybe you know he's not perfect. Right. I'm perfect. You know, he's. Yeah. You know, and I truly believe people do their best. They yeah. think they're doing their best in Everybody's that. Everybody's trying yeah. to do their best. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, just coming back to that realization too, at the same time, helps. And you know, these are techniques that help, right. obviously, on, for anyone, right? Um, like I said, it's easier maybe for someone. Um, like I said, this program is more for the, the professional, someone who's working, um, working on their career, their business, whatever. Um, but I know these types of thoughts come up day in and day yeah, out. Like, do. you know, right, for anyone. And especially yeah. I find with when you're interacting more with people um, in your position and in what you do in your work, it's constant. 
Like mm-hmm. if it's a person or maybe it's your, your, you're battling it out with your computer <laughs> or right. you're a, a software program or something like that, you know, it, it just, the list goes on. So that's something I wanted to share with the audience. To yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I love Byron Katie's work. So that was great. Well, tell people where they can find you and how they can connect with you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor. And like I said, I love sharing this message and I feel so passionately about this. Um, There are a few things that I have in mind for the audience. Uh, I want to offer a smoothie recipe. I have this wonderful recipe that's just awesome. I love it. I give it to all my clients. That I have out, and that's free. So How you do they get find that? that? It's on my website. So you can go to My Orange Villa, which we'll is my We'll have the link in the show notes, so they can just click right on it. Okay, awesome. So for those listening now, you can go right away if you want and just see it, like myorangevilla.com forward slash smoothie. So then cool. you can just get the smoothie recipe there. And then for those of people who are interested in the program that I've been talking about, you want more information, there's a, also, um, it's also on my site. You'll see it under myorangevilla.com forward slash reset. Again, those links will both be in the show notes. You can just click right through there too. Right. And I have a special offer for those who really, really like need the Ooh. help and just want to move forward and and yes, this is me. Um, I have a special offer, like a discount for this group. Yay. How do they get that? <laughs> so when they go and they, um, at checkout, when they go forward with the program, they can use a code to get 30% off. So cool. that code is RESET30, and RESET is with a capital R. Cool. So I just want to leave off with this um, yeah. advice that stress is oftentimes the cause of the problems that we get when it comes to health even I mean when you even think of uh, more serious illnesses that come down the line like Alzheimer's which starts to manifest in your 30s by the way oh my gosh yeah um, and you know joint issues or if you have even like diabetes and that can start young I see people fairly young in their 20s already experiencing like pre-diabetic symptoms or they're being pre-diabetic I always like to think like the more you know the better off you are yeah where you can do especially when it comes to your health yeah absolutely so thank you so much for coming on the show it was such a pleasure to talk to you and thanks everyone for listening and check out all of her stuff it seems amazing and you seem like such a great awesome kind person so I'm really glad that we connected well, thank you, Katie. It was such a pleasure. I love this. And thanks so much. And, um, you know, I just want to wish the best of luck to everyone with their health and with their life and everything that they're doing. So it's such an honor to be here. And, and I hope to see some of you on the other side. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this long two-part show today. And I hope you subscribe and leave a review and come back next week because next week on the podcast, Emily Nolan of Topless Yoga is on the program. She's fantastic. If you don't know what Topless Yoga is, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to find out next week or you can Google it if you really can't wait till then. So I love you guys so much. Check out the book, let it out. Last time I'm going to say that until next week. And I will talk to you guys really soon.